This is the Truth Warrior Podcast with your host, David Whitehead. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Truth Warrior. Very happy to be here with you. Today it is Friday, April 28th, 2023, and I hope you're well wherever you're watching this. What is going on in Canada? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Canada's basic dictatorship. Um, and I'm inspired by so many different pieces of information that have come across my desk as of late. I'm sure many of you have been keeping an eye on this kind of stuff. Uh, sorry if some of this is kind of coming to you a little bit later. I'm catching up on the happenings of which there are many. And of course, today I'm once again sporting the amazing Justin Castro shirt made by my good friends, Rise Attire. You go to my website, dwtruthware.com and get the direct links, or you can go look them up at riseattireusa.com. Uh, they got some great stuff there and it's going to be very fitting for today's show. I guarantee you that. And the quote that I used to sum up what we're dealing with here, being that we're talking about basic dictatorships and all, comes from Thomas Jefferson, where he says, single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to the accidental opinion of the day, but a series of oppressions begun at a distinguished period and pursued unalterably through every change of ministers to plainly, to plainly prove a deliberate systematic plan of reducing us all to slavery. I thought that was very fitting because I was listening to some Twitter spaces over the week and I can hear the anger and frustration in a lot of my fellow Canadians and uh, about what's going on in Canada because it, it, is not, it is not pretty. It's going to the next level of just open tyranny at this point. They just passed this Bill C-11, which I've got a little bit of information on. We got some interesting protests going on in Ottawa right now, which oddly enough, they're government workers that are out there asking for a 13.5% raise in their pay to help equalize the raise of inflation that we call just inflation, just inflation. Um, and they're out there taking over bridges. They're out there marching in the streets, they're banging drums, they're screaming loud, they're, there's all kinds of them down in Ottawa right now, they're in all different cities as well, as far as I'm hearing, Toronto, etc. And they're basically begging for more money, even though being a government worker in Canada is probably the most cushy, secure, padded, plush position that you could possibly get with minimal work hours, maximum vacation time, all the bonuses you could possibly ask for uh, and you know, these are the people that run the machine. They run the Justin Trudeau machine and they want more money from the man because due to him being in government, along with good old Christia Freeland, all working hand in glove with the glove puppets, the globalists themselves, of course, to completely destroy the economy of this country, forcing us into a position where we need to be a part of the new global citizenry, the new global World Economic Forum, Great Reset, UN Sustainable Agenda. And so what better way to achieve that than to plummet the economy into almost near levels of poverty where the average Canadian can't even afford to buy groceries, put gas in their car in order to go to work. And, um, you know, here we are with the government workers who are literally the most secure that are the ones out there protesting. And what I'm bringing this up for, and I'll have some more on this in a minute, is Where's all the sniper teams and the sniper nests? Where's the heavy cavalry marching everybody down for 
daring to question and challenge the dictator of this country. Um, <laughs> it's just a bit of hypocrisy, wouldn't you say? So there's that. Of course, we also have the radical agenda to convince your children in all age categories that any stereotype that they see can actually be an assigned physical, biological gender, and that they have the ability to make those decisions at young, early, impressionable ages. Um, and there's all that going on as well, which we know, in my opinion, at least, has really nothing to do with equality or helping some minority group or giving people a voice or whatever rights or whatever they're saying. This is a bigger element of the transhumanist agenda. And uh, so we'll touch a little bit on that. And there's a lot of outcry going on in Canada about it, which is good to see, but we need to see more. And then, of course, we had we had Justin Twinkletoes himself heading down to, what was it, New York City, getting on his private jet at the risk of melting the planet to another temperature with the use of airplanes and emissions of CO2, as well as obviously probably doing this on the taxpayer dollar. He has to go to New York City to be a part of the Global Citizen Conference that's happening there. And who does he get interviewed by? What, what was the whole point of going there? Well, he sits down with Canadian fake news reporter Lisa Laflemme from CTV News uh, in New York. They couldn't have done it here. They had to fly to New York to do it on the stage. And they wanted to talk about feminism and um, how we can achieve equality for women and balance this gender inequality. And I just thought, wow, how, why are you having this conversation when we haven't even been able to properly identify what a gender even is? <laughs> so there's that. And in, in fact, speaking of that, I made a little video clip. Um, it's just under 10 minutes and it's sort of summarizing uh, some of the hypocrisy that I thought I saw myself anyways in this little interview that they did in New York. So I'm going to play that, and then we got a lot of things to talk about. So here we go. Hello, everyone. It is such a pleasure to be here today for such an important conversation that really does impact all of us. But this interview is being live streamed across Canada, so... <laughs> There's so much to cover domestically and internationally, but for the purposes of this spectacular summit, let's focus in on your perspective on where gender inequality and poverty, how do they connect and what can countries like Canada and the United States and the developed world do to actually narrow the gap? Well, one of the things uh, that we're grappling with is uh, this morning I was at the UN and we had a conversation around uh, the sustainable development goals, uh, the sustainable development goals and the path to 2030 and how important it is to bring the world forward in the right direction. Um, and it's no surprise that as we're finding out that we are behind where we need to be on the SDGs in general, that's aligned with a backsliding of women's rights and women's empowerment around the world. Because if we want to build a better world, uh, from everything to from education to conflict to uh, to small businesses and economic empowerment to politics, we need to empower more women to be part of the solution, part of the conversation, and quite frankly, leading those solutions. And the fact that we're backsliding on that uh, is linked to the fact that we're backsliding on absolutely everything else. What is a woman? Can you tell me that? 
Uh, well, you're at the Women's March. You must have some idea. Please, if, if one person could tell me what a woman is. You are not here for women. We ask you to leave. What is that? A backsliding of women's rights and women's empowerment around the world. According to the new trailer for The Crave Show, Canada's Prime Minister will be appearing as a special guest on the competition series. Please help me welcome the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau! While we don't know if he'll also be a judge or just a guest, Trudeau's appearance is the first time a world leader has ever appeared on the franchise. I will never apologize for standing up for an LGBT, 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 LGBTQ2+. We don't get to fix the world unless women are not just part of it, but leading it. So what now? Ukraine and Afghanistan and the pandemic. They plan for these programs and I've seen it firsthand. But they can still plan for the steady increases that we had in place uh, from before 2019. We spiked it massively because of the pandemic, because of the pandemic, because of various crises that we had to respond to. And we will continue, as Canada always will, to be there as cr punctual crises, whether they be pandemics or other conflicts or conflicts, we will continue to be there because we are committed uh, to international assistance focused on empowering women and girls. Nothing short of gender apartheid on our watch. The hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish all through the town. Well, today we're here for drag story time on behalf of St. John's Pride and Quadrangle to read some uh, wonderful little children's books to the little children to help celebrate, you know, diversity and equality. On Saturday, Vancouver drag queen Connie Smudge headed to Coquitlam Public Library for Drag Queen Storytime, an event where drag queens read to children. And honestly, she spreads love and nobody should bring hate on her. Counter-protesting the protesters, protesting Connie Smudge's book reading. As we approached the Coquitlam Public Library, some of the protesters could be heard yelling hateful things. So you say, well, what can countries do? And I look at what Denmark is doing, um, Finland, automatic refugee status for women and girls based solely on their gender. What is that? Nothing short of gender apartheid on our watch. It's I mean, I, I've got no truck for right against personally, but all I've seen her do is stand up for women's rights to fairness and equality. Well, she, okay, has so she, she actually competed oh. against Leah Thomas, and it was obviously unfair. Leah Thomas won one of the races in the NCAA championships by 50 seconds against a bunch of biological females who simply couldn't keep up. Just like you mentioned, it's ironic. It's always women fighting against women's sex-protected spaces and rights. It blows my mind, but I so appreciate both you and Bill standing up for myself because you hit the nail on the head. I'm speaking for every female athlete, not just myself. I'm done competing. This isn't about me, um, but I know what's at stake if someone doesn't use their voice. The same drugs that have been used in the past to chemically castrate sex offenders are now being used on our children to block puberty. My name's Chris Elston. I'm known as Billboard Chris on social media. Our children are being taught a regressive, sexist ideology that teaches them that stereotypes determine their sex. Schools are hiding from parents that their child has a new name at school and is going by a new pronoun. So parents are automatically a threat to their own child. It doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican. It is such a winning issue to simply tell the truth. We are stopping the development 
of perfectly healthy children. This is insane. The message we should be sending is that they're beautiful just as they are. Just tell the truth about what's happening to kids. You can't lose. What, what are you fighting for? What's your view? So children, so okay, let's back it up a little bit. So we've seen a massive increase, especially in the number, number of girls. With, okay, I, you know, I, I want to hear his view. With what's I called sure. rapid onset gender dysphoria. This isn't a case of traditional gender dysphoria that starts really young and predominantly affected boys. It's hitting adolescent girls, teenage girls. And we've seen about a 4,000% increase. We haven't seen that in boys. It's a social contagion. It's a mental health crisis going on. And we should be treating these children with talk therapy and watchful waiting. We should be looking into comorbidities because there's almost always something else going on. There's depression, anxiety, there might have been abuse, there might have been sexual abuse. Tons of these kids have autism. Up to 40% of these kids that show up at the gender clinics have autism. So are you, Tons are you of them have ADHD. This? Are you thinking that the kids are all just mixed up and being brainwashed? Is that what you're saying? Well, there's certainly false teachings going on in school. But this is a social contagion going on. We have entire peer groups of girls who now say that they're boys. That doesn't make sense. Nothing short of gender apartheid on our watch. To you, and what happens probably when doesn't they, make sense to them either. Yeah, what happens really when they go to, to the gender clinics true. now yeah. is they receive what's called gender affirming care or affirmation only, which sounds really nice, but it means we don't look into any other comorbidities. We don't do any counseling do. for these children. See, the first thing they do now, that? things have changed. The first thing they do now <laughs> is so give them puberty blockers. You can't even counsel these kids anymore. It's hard to find a counselor. I talk that? to parents all over the country and I hook them up with a few counselors that are willing to do it. And the government under Trudeau is even trying to pass a bill that will effectively criminalize counselors who treat these children with gender dysphoria because they consider it conversion therapy to help a child feel comfortable great? in their wouldn't birth it be great? Just Wouldn't it be great if we just accepted people for who they are? I do. Right? Yeah. And if, if, if they're, if they're and in a crisis... And girls are girls and boys are boys. We don't get to fix the world unless women are not just part of it, but leading it. <laughs> well, there you have it. There you have it. Um, and yes, obviously I clipped it up a little bit. You can go watch the whole thing. If you really have the stomach for that, um, in terms of that whole interview with Trudeau, but look at the hypocrisy here. I just, it's important to point this out because it's so interesting how all of these little issues that they like to get everybody around get everybody around, right. And really put out to the public. We know it's all leading towards the same agenda that they've been pushing on all these different fronts. They're just using these little issues to attract people, blind you by your virtue, make you think, oh, I want to stand up for the little guy. And yet there's something very nefarious behind it. And even when you're just having any kind of question or suspicion about it, or even someone like Billboard Chris, I mean, I'm going to try to get the man on the show. He's been just a champion for just going out and having a sign and trying to have calm discussions with these people to have both sides heard, right? And it's all about protecting children and protecting women and protecting men and all these things. And well, I'm talking about from people like Chris and, you know, what I'm thinking is that we need to protect people as they are. We need to uh, protect them from this propaganda. We need to protect children from this propaganda that they're basically being told contradictory things and being shown contradictory things. And yet they'll bring out the mantra like Trudeau is down there in New York talking about feminism and women's rights and equality and pay gaps and all that kind of stuff yet also simultaneously supporting this radicalized 
TQ plus agenda that is beyond just the average person out there, but that is actually spreading real medical misinformation, not having a fully contextual discussion in society and just ramming it down all the kids' throats and there's no nothing being explained. And in that process, what does that do? We can't even define the genders. We can't even, there's, a, there's an attack against women, against female athletes going on by this movement. Yet they're sitting there saying, what can we do as a country through getting more tax dollars to go into these NGOs and globalist organizations to help with equality for women around the world? And you're like, well, you're talking about advocating for equality for women, yet you're also advocating for men to dress like women, pretend they're women, and move into women's sports women's fashion and beauty, uh, women's change rooms and bathrooms. And, and you're sitting there going, what about this is actually supporting biological human females, right? What about it is that? Well, it's not. Because this is where I want to really keep bringing this chat. And again, it's kind of how my mind was thinking after listening to some of these Twitter spaces and just hearing where people are at, where before we get to that, let's just nip this one thing that I kept hearing in the butt, which is there was some American guys in this chat and there was some Canadians and the Americans were trying to talk about it from their perspective with what's going on there. And the Canadian guys were talking about theirs and it very quickly became a fight as to who, like which country was more oppressed <laughs> by this tyranny, like which, and it was very much like, even the Canadian guys were like, oh, Canadians are stupid. They're apathetic. They're, they're this, they're that. We don't ever rise up against the government. And, uh, we're just watching our country melt away. And yeah, I feel you on that. Right. And then, but you kind of sit there and you go, but this isn't just about Canada, right? Like it's about Canada for Canadians and it's about America for Americans. And it's about France for the French and all of that, which is great. But I really, really hope that we're, we're at the point where we're understanding that the people orchestrating this new normal, because let's be honest, that's, this is the new normal. It wasn't just about the pandemic rules. That was just opening the door for the next stage of the new normal. Right. And this was done worldwide worldwide. So, and then the other issue in Canada is that Canadians have been brought up to stare down their nose at Americans and vice versa. So there's this little program that's running in the background while people are looking at all these events and very quickly the biases come out and the training comes out where you sit back and you go, no, 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 forget all that crap. We're human beings in the crossfire of psychopathic internationalists that don't give a damn about your country and are clearly, demonstrably, admittedly, actively working to dissolve your national sovereignty and actual identity and cultural identity. They're trying to dissolve it. It's written in black and white on all these websites. They're saying it. They're, you know, we got Trudeau talking about Canada being the world's first post-national state, but then at the same time, we got Bill C-11 where it's supposed to be there to protect Canadian media and protect Canadian culture from the big, bad American corporations or whatever they're going to say, right? So I guess what I'm seeing is when I was listening to these discussions, they, they devolve very quickly into um, like an ego battle or, a, a, you know, who's got it worse, uh, you know, in blaming all these people. And you go, well, all right. 
just remember guys, when we're looking at all this stuff in the context of our situation, we have to take the big picture, zoom out and see the big picture, see the long game, right? Even when it comes to Canadian factionalism, like Western Canada versus Eastern Canada or Canada versus Quebec and all of this kind of stuff, right? And there's a difference between having those divisions culturally and I have actually for that, right? You want to have a local say over who gets into office and what goes down and you want to protect your identity, your language or whatever. But when we're dealing with an, a common enemy, a common threat within our own country and you have the Alberta, you know, Western Canada saying, oh, those Ontarians keep voting in Trudeau. And they're getting and they're allowing all this tyranny to rise up in their midst. And there's this like pointing the finger at Ontario. And it's like, yeah, OK, we get it. Ontario, that's where Ottawa is, the nation's capital. Um, it's also the most flooded with mass immigration from around the world. And there, it's the big major cities. It's kind of like Toronto would be kind of like the New York of Canada. Right. And I live in B.C., which is kind of akin to the California of Canada in many ways. But again, all this stuff is just like. It's missing the point. This isn't Eastern Canada versus Western Canada and which provinces do we blame for the fact that Trudeau exists? Like they rig the elections. They plant these people and install them like a USB into your computer so that they do what they've been trained and groomed and raised to do, which is read teleprompters, read scripts that are pre-written for them, and bring in agendas that these dolts like Trudeau have no idea what they really are. And I don't think he really sees the big picture. I don't think he has the capacity to understand that. He's on a need-to-know basis, and he does what he's told, and he's an amazing script reader. Well, he's actually not even that good at that. He can't even get the words right half the time, just like Sleepy Joe, right? Or what are we changing a Joe Biden to? Crooked Joe Biden now? Whatever. It's the same thing, right? So America, Canada, we're on the same team, guys. Western civilization, planet Earth, we have our differences. Let's cherish them. Let's keep our uniqueness, all right? But realize we have a common enemy and let's stop all this factional regional warfare because we're not going to get to the solutions in our conversations when all the conversations that we're supposed to be, that's what this, these spaces on Twitter and some of these podcasts and forums are, is supposed to be a place where all the minds can come together. And the beautiful thing about censorship free media and social media is that all the minds can come together from within your country within your neighborhood to your country to to the world and you can talk to people in germany you can talk to people in the us you can talk to people who fled from china like you can get a good uh mix of minds in there with different levels of knowledge and experience and we can work on solutions because nobody even me i don't have the solution i don't have the final word on the solution we're in uncharted territory but we're not going to get to any solutions if we're hacking each other to bits over stuff that doesn't matter, which is, you know, we're criticizing the radical left and this whole totalitarian mindset that's been installed in the public mind. We're criticizing that for being factionalized and divided and uh, focusing on all these surface level issues and ignoring the real issues and, you know, uh, being overly emotionally triggered by every little thing that happens and, you know, all this, yet here we are doing the same thing, right? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, man, just keep the big game in your mind at all times. This is a group at the tippy top that hates humanity and hates nature 
in its organic form. It wants to be, take authority over nature and over humanity, and it wants to convert us into something else that is not organic. It's not, it's not real. It's fake. So that always gave me the indication that even the tip-top architects of this control system that they're bringing in slowly through this various, these various little attacks, these guys don't actually believe in it. They believe in the power of it as to what it can achieve. This is a means to an end. These, this stuff with all the trans rights and the climate change and the pandemics and the this and the that, all it is is little steps towards giving more power to this tiny few whether they're in the government world or in the international banking corporate world. So th this, even the, the discussions we're having on the level, it's like we're in kindergarten in so many of these rooms having these discussions still. This is why we're living in tyranny, by the way, is that we're still not upgrading our knowledge to understand how this works in so many ways. So all I can do is say, look, I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect, but maybe we should take a step back and zoom out and look at the picture of history and look at the big picture of the world, identify the players, see the connective tissues and realize what's really going on here. Cause that will end those little squabbles, those little divisions, those little things. Like I couldn't even believe it. This one chat room I was in, you know, there's a bunch of Canadians in there. Yeah. It was a Canadian chat room there. Everybody was pissed about bill C 11 getting voted in. So they were all raw on that. And then some guy comes in from the States and he's just trying to bring up the example of January 6th because he's trying to say, look, we kind of had, you guys had your trucker thing. We had our January 6th and he got basically muted and booted out for bringing up January 6th. Like we don't want the American problems, January 6th. We're not going to get into that. This is a Canadian show. You're like, okay, I get it. But like you're fighting with people that are on your side. They're just giving their anecdote about what's going on with their globalist stooge in office. And then all the people that are like, oh, everything's much better in America and it's so bad in Canada. Well, you're probably right. Canada's most likely worse. But I mean, if you're living in America thinking you somehow have a one up on Canada simply because we have Trudeau and you have what? You have who? Biden? And somehow that's better? Like it's they're on the same team. That means we're on the same team. Right? Maybe. I don't know. Like, forget about it. And then let's look at the examples. If I was talking to someone from France, or if I was talking to someone from Mexico, they're going to have their, their examples of how what's going on in their neck of the woods is similar to what's going on in mine. The world is being taken over by this agenda, not just one little place where you live. And that I just wanted to kind of, let's make sure that that's there. Okay. That's, that's always in the back of your mind. And speaking of which, let's just take a peek. In that clip, the, the sign behind Trudeau as he's going on about all this bullshit was the global citizen, right? And you saw the pin, the, the circle pin that everybody's seen, the rainbow pin. Um, they all wear it. Tedros wears it. Bill Gates wears it. Klaus Schwab wears it. it. They're on the same team, okay? They wear the same pin. They got the same graduation pin. They're in the same movement. They have the same beliefs, okay? So... Um, what is this global citizen thing? Because remember, it's global citizen, isn't it? It's not Canadian citizen 2.0, American citizen 2.0, global citizen. They don't want countries anymore. They want regions. Like your, your political hierarchy will essentially be the assistant to the regional manager of that district that is plugged into the globalist infrastructure. 
Okay. So it's not, this isn't about what we, we have to upgrade the way we think about this, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so here it is. Here it is. This is, and where did I put the link on my page here? Hold on. There it is. Who we are. Global citizens. Let me know if you use any of this rhetoric sounds familiar to you. We envision a world free from extreme poverty now, which is why we're installing politicians that are part of our organizations into your governments that are hyperinflating your currency and creating a massive problem with debt and attacking your food supply and restricting your freedoms and increasing poverty by their actions. It's like they make poverty and inflation and economic problems look like they're just natural occurrences, like the way the weather just, oh, it's raining today. Oh, yeah, it's just some more poverty. <laughs> Come on, like, it, it, give me a break. This is just the way they sell you. So they go, let's get into the detail now. We are an action platform dedicated to achieving the end of extreme poverty. Now, here we go. Powered by a community of millions of global citizens who believe in, what do they believe in as global citizens? One world. One world, one love, one heart. Okay, but that's just the sales pitch. Please understand this. They are talking to you, the public. This isn't how they talk behind closed doors, guys. One world, one people, meaning erasing all differences, all cultures. There's no such thing as gender, race, religion, political ideology, philosophical point of view, vaccine status. We don't want any differences amongst the slaves on the farm. So we want one world of global citizens who are one people who think like one, who act like one. It's essentially the board from Star Trek where everyone has an equal chance. This is their appeal to the common man and woman who maybe feels like they're a bit slighted. They're a bit envious of those who maybe got ahead of the curve because they actually actively tried to do that. And so they're selling you on this equality talisman here. It's the equal chance to thrive. Well, doesn't this sound lovely? It sounds amazing. I want everybody to be equal and have a chance to thrive. Who would be against that? We're not against that. We're against these people using that as the sales pitch for something that is far more insidious. Okay, stay tuned. We'll get to it. This is our world. And oh, is it our world, guys? Is it our world? Ours? Who's ours? Whose world is it? Meaning ours, meaning the people of the planet? or ours meaning you, the globalists. This is our world and the actions of one can have a profound impact on the many. <laughs> You're starting to get into the Marxist language here of the one doesn't exist. It's always the greater good for the greater number, guys. Get at the program. That's why we rally around the critical issues of, what are the critical issues? Climate change, poverty, and inequality. Who doesn't want to stand for those things? This is our generation's moment. It's in our hands. So they're appealing to the current generation, which was groomed for decades to think as one. Global citizens are action takers and impact makers. Our mission is to end extreme poverty worldwide now. Oh, they're just repeating that. How we made an impact, join the movement, the structure. Uh, what's this? Governance? I didn't even look at this yet and see what they... Oh, where's the governance tab? Their site, their site's a little slow. Um, we got transparency. Yeah, I'm sure you got transparency. Impact reports, governance structures. 
Global Citizen is governed by a global board supported by country and regional boards and advisory committees. Interesting. The global board approves strategy goals, plans, and budgets and ensures country consistency. Consistent. We want different opinions on stuff. We want hive minds. Additionally, the global board approves policies and ensures robust compliance systems are in place. Key phrase there, compliance systems. Did you uh, get a little crash course in compliance systems at any point in the last three years? The board meets quarterly and operates in line with our governance policy and our global board charter. Regional and county boards meet at least quarterly and operate in line with our governance policy and our country board charter. So I'm just trying to point this out that these guys are, are kind of part of their own little club. You ain't in it. They're trying to pretend you're in it. But you start to wonder why people like Trudeau, like Macron, like all the guys that wear the circle pins and go to all these meetings and say all the same things. Um, why they are not really adhering to the national laws, the national constitutions, and they're even ignoring some of the older international laws that protected your free right, bodily autonomy from things like psychological pressure and government coercion. But that got all thrown out the window. Why? Because they don't have an allegiance to that anymore. That's the old normal. The new normal is global NGOs, Boards, right? Unelected, unaccountable elites and bureaucracies. And then it filters from the top down to you, the little surf that's going to be living in a, what, 600 square foot pod eating insect pace and doing exactly what you're told, right? Watched and surveilled constantly. So... Yeah, I, forgive me if I just don't jump on board with this ponies and rainbows agenda, because it's not as ponies and rainbows as we thought it was. Um, so yeah, go check it out, guys. Go dig on Global Citizen. I know this is review for many of you guys, but go check it out. You can go look at id2020.org. Another thing you can look at is the partners. Uh, let's just take a quick look. I've been noticing that they are only showing key partners on these sites. It used to be they would show the entire list of partners. But since people like me and so many others started going in, and I'm not saying I was the one that started this, but so many of us went in and started looking at the partners tabs on World Economic Forum. I, I was at the uh, all these G20 websites, you know, UN websites, uh, all these different things that are going on, right? The uh, vaccine passport systems. And we started to go, okay, who's on the board? Who's investing in this? Oh, we've got the main investment firms, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, et cetera, right? Rockefeller Institute. Then you have the lower level guys, right? And I started to notice that they stopped having the full lists on these websites and they started to go with selected ones. And that makes you wonder, and even some of the selected ones are rather interesting, but it makes you wonder, um, what are they not telling us about where the real funding is coming from? Like, you know, maybe Open Society Foundation or something. They don't want to put that on there because they know that's too hot for television right now. But like, if we just go and look at this, Global Citizen Partnerships, oh, where was it? Here we go, Core Partners. So here we go, Procter & Gamble, Cisco, Verizon, Delta, Live Nation, Accenture, City Financial, Google, well, there you go, CIA, Harith, and Worldwide Technology. Supporting Partners, Forbes, New York City Parks, American Eagle, Enough is Enough Nigeria, House of Mandela, 
iHeartRadio, Thomas Reuters Foundation. There's your Rothschild connection there, right? So, you know, it's just, you, you, you read the rhetoric. What I just read to you sounds a lot of like Justin Trudeau's speeches and wherever you live in the world, Joe Biden, anybody, they're all saying the same kind of stuff because they are employees for these global NGOs, these globalist boards. They're on the board. Trudeau, uh, do I have the tweet? Let me... Let's go through a few. Actually, I'm going to get to that in a bit. Let's not jump ahead too much. Let's not jump ahead too much. I'll get to the tweets, okay? I do have another few videos here. Uh, let's start with this one because I really want to hit on this one just because it's uh, it's fresh. This happened this morning. And just bear with me. I'm going to quickly just make sure I get the name of the YouTube channel that I got this from correct because I want you guys to go sub and support. Uh, there we go. Oh, why isn't it showing the channel? Hold on. Greg Wycliffe, Greg Wycliffe, W Y C L I F F E. He does some pretty good stuff. He's got a good YouTube, good Twitter. And he did this. This is a clip from his live stream this morning. I believe he was in Toronto and he was trying to interview people on the street. These government workers that are protesting. Okay, why they're protesting, why they're there. So here's a quick little three-minute clip, and then I'll come back and explain why we're doing this here. So uh, what brings you out to the, the strike today? The strike, so basically there's the wages, like we're asking for a $13.5 increase, so they're offering a 9 percent increase over the next three years so we're saying with inflation that it's very difficult to keep up and workers are frustrated so they were saying enough is enough basically so does it does it have anything to do with work conditions or is it simply just that you asked for a 13 percent pay raise and they're only offering nine um there's that aspect, but then there's also remote work. I think what the Treasury Board is saying is that regardless of operational increases or operational conditions, it's got to be two days per week in the office for everyone. So basically the union is saying that we want it to be more flexible around remote work and that we can do our jobs just as as good with remote work. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you hear that the uh, the Peace Act was uh, like, you know, strategically shutting down like the Port of Montreal and that sort of thing? Did you hear about that? Yes. Yeah. And are, are you, do you support those actions? Do you, do you hope that, that that gets you what you're looking for? Um, Basically, like we're escalating tactics legally, all within the bounds of the law. So, like, it's really a design to put pressure on government. Yeah, yeah. And so, did you did you follow uh, the trucker convoy that happened last year? Yes. And do you do you think that when they used the Emergencies Act, do you think that was justified against the trucker convoy protest? I think that for that situation, there was a lot of a different message there. 
namely that um, there was some elements, like it was not about working conditions, it was more about, um, what's it called, um, it was more about basically there was also certain elements of extreme elements like far right elements and that so um because i think it's interesting that you know do you think the emergencies you do think the emergencies act was justified in that instance because because it, it, it's very similar in terms of the trucker convoy was shutting down you know strategically shutting down parts of ottawa and then you guys are shutting down strategic places across the country. So, you know, should the Emergencies Act be used on you guys, or you think that's not that's uncomfortable? So, in terms of the Emergencies Act, it should only ever be used as a last resort. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In the most extreme of circumstances, where people are actually where there's a safety issue. Right. That's how I would say it. Right, right. Cool. Um, All right, awesome. Well, thanks for your time, bro. You're welcome. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was an interesting bit. There's a kind of a profile of probably your average government employee. And uh, interesting note here. When he was asked, so he got, he got to explain, this is why we're here protesting. We want to we wanna increase our wages because of inflation. Let's not talk about why inflation exists now. Let's just react and go, hey, we're no longer in quite the cushy position we used to be, so let's get more money from the government, right? And let's just also clear something up really, really quickly for those that are maybe kind of coming into this. Um, the government does not have any of its own money, just so you know. Their money is your money. So they're protesting Trudeau to open up the, the safe to give them more of our money to pay the government workers that are helping the government destroy the country. So just, just, I just want to make sure there's no misunderstandings. Then notice the moment when he was asked a very good question. Well, you guys are strategically shutting down parts of the country. I didn't even know it was parts of the country. So it's parts of the country. Okay. And why would you do that? And he's like, oh, well, because it's designed to put pressure on the government because the government's not listening to us and giving us more money. And you go, all right, fair enough. That's your cause. You guys have the freedom to protest in the country, right? Yeah. Okay. So did you follow the trucker convoy? Did you see any parallels? Um, and it, no, there was. it was different. That wasn't about working from home and, and job and, and having a, a slight increase in how much they're getting paid. That was totally different. And there was extremist far right elements. And when he said this, what did he have to do? He had to sit there and think about it because he's trying to remember what the media told him was what the truckers were there for. If he actually knew it, he would have just known it and organically told, but he had to go back. And I want you to notice this when you are taking people on with these points, okay? I'm not telling you to go out and start fights with people. Just, it's my same policy with my jujitsu. 
I don't start fights, but if you come up and start a fight with me, I'm going to finish it. Okay. That's just the way it goes. That's my policy. I don't want to hurt anybody, but if you try to hurt me, I'm going to finish you. All right. It's the way it is. It's the deal we have. So it's the same with debates. I don't go out and start these fights, but if you're at the dinner table, you're in a parent teacher meeting or something happens and you want to take them on, on any of these issues and you want to push back and raise your hand and speak your voice, which is what you should be doing. Don't just sit back and wilt away and go, okay, we need more people to speak the truth, even if their voice shakes, right? Take notes on the reaction to these kinds of questions. Questions are like laser beams that you have in your arsenal. All right. Use questions, use intelligent questions, practice it, prepare it, write it down, make sure you know what you're talking about. Um, and it's very effective because you'll see the reaction where there's sort of a glitch where the loading, it's the loading, I call it the loading screen. The loading screen comes up or the spinny wheel on the computer where it's like if the computer's trying to process everything, that's what's happening to that gentleman in that moment because he's trying to remember what was the point of the trucker convoy and the only thing he could come up with was, well, there was elements of extremism. So yeah, in that case, it justified the government using the Emergencies Act, even though in a few, a few seconds later, he's like, but the Emergencies Act should be only reserved for extreme circumstances, right? And now we get into, well, what's extreme circumstances? I mean, if you guys are shutting down any kind of traffic or you're closing bridges or you're plugging up the highways or you're doing these kinds of things, these are the reasons given in the trucker inquiry as to why they felt justified. And then there was all these, oh, we thought we found trucks full of guns and we they were honking and uh, we thought we saw Nazi flags that turned out to be planted evidence and all these kinds of things. And so I'm just pointing this out to, again, highlight how tyranny happens. It's not just what the government does. The media and the messaging is really, really key because that filters into the minds of the average people. And then what do they do? They memorize it and then they repeat it. And you can catch them when they're trying to remember the propaganda because they actually don't know the answer. Because the answer is not that the Emergencies Act was justified and that it's this massive difference in protests between the trucker convoy and these poor government workers. There is actually, though, a real difference. And the real difference is these government workers still have their jobs and still have their mobility rights and still have their right to protest what the government is doing because we still don't see any sniper teams, heavy cavalry or military going in to stifle this protest, even though it is starting to shut down some infrastructure and cause quite a ruckus. It's got a very positive slant in the media. So we don't have constant arrows and daggers coming towards government workers protesting for a little bit more money because that's a calmer, more Canadian kind of protest. But if you have an actual real organic protest, that's just like about what, like freedom, medical freedom, mobility rights, protest rights, free speech rights, um, coming from the people that have never really been involved in a protest before in their lives. Well, that, that is the extremist movement. And so this is how the government does it. They permit certain protests to train the public to know BLM, trans rights, government workers needing a little bit more money during the inflationary period that we, the government caused. Um, that's cool. We're cool. You can go, go ahead. Lock the bridges down, storm the beaches, take us out. Let's go. But the minute you challenge us with anything applying to the actual people of Canada, 
and I'm not saying government workers aren't the people of Canada, but they're kind of like a privileged class. This is, I say government worker privilege exists, okay? Trust me, if you've lived in Ottawa and you've known how it goes down here, you'll know what I'm talking about. They're sort of an exception in my mind. This isn't about, them. they're not fighting some like human rights issue here. They're not fighting medical technocracy from coming in and testing new technology on people, including pregnant women and children by coercion. They just want more money and they want to work from home because <laughs> they got trained to do that during the pandemic and they loved it. And that's, they want to keep it going. So the, I just had to point that out. You're, so the theme of that with this whole theme about tyranny and how it rises up is that hypocrisy is the number one symptom of tyranny. Okay. Hypocrisy is the number one symptom. And you're going to see the same hypocrisy from the government messaging as well as the media that we know is basically employed to enforce the government messaging in this country. And that just got a huge lift with this new Bill C-11. I hope I'm getting that number right. It's one of the bills, okay? I don't know tons about the bill. I haven't really gone into it, having a lot of time. Just opened my new dojo. It's going really well, by the way. Been extra busy. Um, but I'm catching up on it, and we all kind of knew it was coming. And we know it's layered with all kinds of nuanced language and like vague language so to allow more doors to open up, okay? Um, and essentially, they're arguing that they're bringing in this whole bill to protect Canadian media and culture, which is hilarious. Because in one sense, you've got Trudeau, the biggest globalist shill that exists, advocating for essentially Canadian Canada being the fir world's first post-national state and being absorbed into a collective globalist beehive. And on the other hand, we need to protect Canadian culture and values. That's just contradictions. Okay. Then you have these kinds of things. Then you have all the contradictory message messaging about women's rights, trans rights. Well, how do you equal, how do you, how do you play those two games at the same time? Because you can't have it both ways. Either women exist as a, a fact of nature and that's actually a thing or anybody can be a woman just by dressing like them, getting sex change operations and saying that they are and then demanding that you do it right like it's contradictory so that's another contradict uh free speech trudeau's out there i'm advocating for free speech i'm advocating for freedom and blah 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 at all these meetings and summits and i've got some clips of his contradictory statements as well but then what does he actually do action wise he allows his administration to bring in these kinds of bills that totally curtail that you know, and on and on. You guys know the story of all the different things that uh, he's brought into this country. So contradictions are the hallmark and the symptom that you've got some bad tyranny. All right. The tyranny's bad. We've got to deal with it. So the other bit I want to do here. Okay. We're just going to swing into, I might swing back and forth guys, just because of the way I've got everything arranged here for you, but we, it's all the same oat bag. Okay. It's all the same study of tyranny. And maybe before I play this, let's also add this. Why are we focusing on these issues on this show? Why are we talking about these things? And it's because they're fantastic examples and study cases that you can have in your arsenal of knowledge that will help you better understand what we're up against. And the better you understand it, 
the better you are going to be able to explain it to the people that don't understand it. So some of the shows that I do are real deep philosophical and bizarre and, and all that kind of stuff. And then other shows, we're going to get into very, uh, the happenings of the day and try to look at it as a case study so that we can get the psychological profile of tyrants and how they work. Cause they got your psychological profile sitting right beside them at all times. I think we should do the same thing for them. And then it might turn into much more of a fair fight if we do it that way. Okay. So moving in real quick here, um, I want to just play this quick clip. This is a doctor that is essentially exposing many of these elements within the whole trans um, culture that's popping up, these little memes. And the reason this is going to be helpful for you, and there's scores of these doctors coming out now, and I'm glad they are because it's, it, it's the same thing. It takes just as much bravery to come out against this as it does to come out against the COVID jabs and the masking and the whole thing. And I'm glad we're, we've created a trend of rebelling against the status quo. And we established that through the pandemic. And I'm, we're just trying to keep those, keep that alive into all these other issues to get climate scientists coming out and stop spouting the narrative and tell us the data, tell us what you know, you know, don't be afraid to come out of the closet with this. The doctors, the nurses come out of the closet about the cult of the medics and the whole system and the, the, the destruction of a once great medical system. Uh, get all the people from within the government that have seen what's going on. We need more whistleblowers from there. We need more whistleblowers from the media. We need people who have bravery and courage and knowledge of what's going on to come out and, and say what they can say to, to reach more people because I don't see how you can rescue this country from where we're going without getting this information out to more minds. And it is being effective. It is working. And as much as many people see nothing but doom and gloom all of the time, especially in Canada, most people I talk to in Canada are like, they have zero hope, okay? We need to rise above that hopelessness and that despair because it's one of the tactics of this kind of narrative warfare is to get you there so that you stop fighting um, or you do something extreme, right? Because you feel helpless. You feel like you have no other way. So we need to counter that with let's realize that it is positive to have more exposure of what they're doing. And the more they do the things, because we can't just stop them right now. We can't. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? We tried in Canada to do pro. We tried, first of all, the, it all started with us trying to write our MLAs and write our politicians. And some of those strategies have been effective here or there. But in terms of the big issues, getting up to the federal government to get them to change their minds on anything is just like absolutely impossible. We have no resistance within in Ottawa whatsoever. The conservatives, Pierre, where is he? Silent. He's just talking about stuff that really doesn't matter at this point. And it's pissing me off more and more. So we all know what's up there. He's either playing it so safe that he doesn't really want to come out or he's part of the whole thing in the end, you know. Um, but either way, we don't have any true opposition in Ottawa. So then you go, okay, we tried a peaceful protest. We tried literally the most peaceful protest ever in Canadian history, if not world history. And look what happened. And look where we went from there. Now we're just, they're just ramping the tyranny up to the next level now. So you get to that mindset where you're like, well, do we vote our way out? 
because we know Maxime can't actually win a, he can't even, we hope he gets a seat, let alone winning a prime minister office, right? And he's the only guy that's been consistent on all these issues. He's the only politician speaking about globalist issues, the UN, World Economic Forum, the trans agenda, the climate. He's the only one talking about the vaccine, the medical stuff. He's been out there all the whole time, but can't even get a seat. So there's that. But then there's the other conservative side, which if they win, are they just going to maybe ease up for a little bit and then roll this all back in anyways? Because they're, they're not opposing these things that they should be opposing. And so you go, all right, so maybe there's no political solution. What do we do next? Well, then your mind can become full of, well, the only way is, I hear this from people. They're like, everybody's so apathetic. They're doing nothing. They're just doing nothing. Canadians are cowards. They're not doing anything. Yeah. What do you want them to do? What do we do? You tell me. What do we do? What do you do in America? What do you do in Europe? What are you doing? What do, what do we do against any of this? Um, well, I want to hear the ideas. Let's hear it. Let's talk about it. We're all waiting. Because when I hear those kinds of things, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. These people aren't doing anything. I hear in the back of their voice, we need like full on violent revolution or something like that. Like that's kind of like, because that that's the insinuation that we haven't, where's all the men? They haven't done anything. Well, what were they going to do? Like, you do realize what happens, right? If, if we go down that road and I don't know, I'm just saying instead of shooting everybody down and, and basically saying you've done nothing and deflating people even more, be the solutionist. Let's put ideas on the table. I've got a couple. I've heard some great ideas from some of the guests that I've had on. I'll have more guests that have even better ideas. This is an unfolding, unprecedented situation. And yes, it's the same age old agenda, but it has been ramped up and done in a way that we haven't seen before. People aren't used to it. And too many people are slow to the punch and we're fighting within our own ranks. We can't even resolve basic issues within our own resistance ranks within the freedom movement or truth movement to be able to get any kind of effect of anything going, whether you want to go full physical or you want to go with a more, which I recommend, keep it very peaceful. Don't play the chapter that they want you to play. There's opening up to exactly what they have planned for, what they've got ready to go if you do decide to go like Mel Gibson about it. They, know, they, they want you to do that. And the question is, what's that solution? What do you do? So let's have that conversation, but let's try to have that conversation with a little more open-mindedness and uh, let's stop chewing each other up over it. Let's just try to find the solution. So anyways, I'm going on tangent, tangents here, but I want to play this doctor uh, because this is key when it comes to protecting your kids' minds as they keep coming, watching TikTok, YouTube, going to school, coming back, all their friends are talking about it. Everybody's turning into a furry or a pretending they're a cat and their parents have to buy them litter boxes. And then the school teachers are putting litter boxes in the school. It's getting insane. Okay. And so we need the, we need some actual knowledge here to combat it. So let's just play this clip and then I'll come back. Dysphoria is a, a condition where a person's physical, biological sex is one, say a boy, but in the person's mind, they think they're really a girl or vice versa. It's not something that you can identify on any objective test 
You can't do a blood test, for example. You can't do MRI imaging. You can't do genetic testing to actually find this gender identity. My name is uh, Dr. Michael Laidlaw. I'm an endocrinologist uh, in Rockland, California. This gender identity, which is really a child saying, I believe I'm this, I believe I'm a boy, I believe I'm a girl, something opposite of their body. Once they say that, they go down this road of gender affirmative therapy. That consists of social transition, wearing, say, stereotypical clothes of the opposite sex uh, to pretend that they're the opposite sex. Then these puberty blockers, then these cross-sex hormones, and then finally surgical modifications to the body to try to make the person appear that they're the opposite sex. Puberty blockers are, are powerful hormones. Um, they act on a small gland in the brain called the pituitary, and this controls the sex organs. For example, testicles make testosterone, ovaries make estrogen, and the pituitary controls that happening. Now these blockers stop this action, and then whereas, say, a, a girl is in age nine and continuing or beginning to develop in puberty and should continue on until a full adult woman, it's stopped. Once you stop it, uh, there are various harms and problems that occur afterwards. Unfortunately, many of our professional organizations uh, are advocating for this, including uh, Endocrine Society. And it's important to bear in mind that there's very small groups of people controlling these societies. Small groups of people are making these pronouncements and then when physicians want to turn to what's the best practice, they're finding these things. And there's no rigorous research done. There's no controlled studies. It's very poor research, but it's, I guess, politically correct to go down these roads by these uh, organizations. Doctors will feel compelled to follow what their organization says without really looking into the evidence necessarily. There is heavy duty propaganda basically going on, but these gender clinics have uh, sprung up and have multiplied all across the country. The numbers are going up around the world, in the UK, Canada, here, other places. More and more kids are, are being um, diagnosed with this, and there's a social contagion component, people, uh, kids going on to, you know, YouTube, Tumblr, things like that. So the, so the cases are rising. It's a major problem that we have to address. In my practice as a physician, I always look at side effects of medications before I give anything to anyone. Say for diabetics, I always tell them, you know, if you can work on your diet and exercise first, I'd rather have you do that than take these medications because there's, there's side effects and there's problems that are potential. But if you need it, then, then you need to take it. With this, I can see no need to take these medications. I see the risks as being very high. And I see children as a very vulnerable population, can't speak up for themselves and their parents are often propagandized by this movement. I've met a lot of these parents. Uh, my heart goes out to them. I've seen their kids and pictures of their kids, and it really, it's about helping kids. So I believe that was done by Daily Wire, and um, it's interesting the parallels, eh, to listening to how some of these physicians that are now coming out are speaking about this whole transgender surgery hormone blockers stuff. And it's, it's reminding me of the conversations that we're having around the vaccine with the pandemic and all the other things, how they change the whole scientific manuals about how to deal with disease and how to deal with these things. They changed it. And then all the doctors went, why did you change it? it we, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be doing this. This is what all the science says. And they went, no, no, we got new science. Now we got the new normal coming in. And this is what they're doing on all of these fronts. So there's a relationship between this 
whole weaponized trans agenda that's targeting children and, the, as he said, the most vulnerable group in our society and what we saw with the targeting with the pandemic. And I would say it's the, all the cult of the medics. It's the same team. It's just different attacks because you have to do it like that. You have to soften up the enemy on all the different fronts if you want to win the war. And that's how they think about it. Um, these, these medics that I talk about in my series, Cult of the Medics, these are the progenitors of these orders. These, if you go to the top, I mean, the very tip top, the orders of St. John, the hospitalers, etc. They are expert strategists and warfare experts. They were the first ones in Jerusalem setting up very sophisticated spycraft networks. And also the leaders of all of your intelligence agencies in places like America are all members of these different chivalric knightly orders. So they're military-minded people working in the medical industry. So it's a strategy, okay? And I'm talking, again, you have to understand, I'm speaking about the big players at the top. I'm not talking about every doctor, every, you know, whatever. You have to go all the way up, right? And actually, real quick, speaking of that, I should let you guys know something really exciting. I'll come back to what we're talking about in a second here. Um, let me show you. So some of you may or may not be aware that Cult of the Medics just got picked up by Brighton University. And I literally just went to the site. If you go to brightu.com, bright, the letter u.com, they have a little flash up right there and it's Cult of the Medics. So you can watch it for free, but I've given them a bunch of premium goodies. There's a little package that they're promoting over there. And um, I've been just getting flooded with emails and I had a, did a really good interview with Mike Adams about it. You can see that on Brighton on his channel. And so I'm really grateful that they're hosting this and getting this information out. And it was good that it was picked up by someone like Mike Adams that has the reach that he has and already is in the sort of, he's the health ranger, right? So he's already in that medical world trying to get into the medical tyranny and everything like that. And so for him to carry this series, I'm glad for it because I was really hoping to put this series out also to other researchers to say, do you see what I see? Like we've done so much on the specifics of the corruption in pharma and the medical institutions and the government tyranny aspect, but did we get into the cult and the ancient thing and the secret society thing and maybe even bigger than that? So that's what this series is going to open up to. So if you want to register and support it over there, bright, go to Bright U. It's right there. You can register. And um, you'll, I'll have a lot more coming over there on that platform because I'm very grateful that they're they're uh, putting that out because it's it's crucial. It's all related. So you, this will help give you the profile of who we're dealing with at the top, at the top. Okay, and that's what I think uh, is really important. And I think it's all related to what we're seeing with this transitioning of kids because. Again, this is transhumanism. They are changing the natural function of the human species. That's what they're doing. I don't know how else to put it. It's it's from everything that they're putting in the water, the air, and the food, let alone these shots, all these drugs, the medications, uh, designer diseases, manufacturing diseases, profiting off of death and disease. These are the merchants of death. They are they are that, and so, and they're they're also the merchants of chaos. So what better way to promote chaos than divide the family, divide the country, divide and conquer, divide you 
internally, psychologically as well, with all this propaganda all the time and mind control. And then what are you going to do? You're softened up now and you are the perfect robot on their new transhumanist matrix farm that they're trying to create out of this planet. And if you cut people off from their humanity, from everything organic and natural, you create synthetic environments for them. It started with the way they were building cities, which sort of was a, in some senses was beautiful, but in other senses was very anti-natural. And then it moved into the digital world. You started with the radios, then the televisions, and now the internet, and now you've got metaverse. Because if reality is too harsh for you, after we've softened you up so that you can't even deal with reality anymore over these generations, then we will allow you to come into our private transhumanist digital world that you can be whatever you want. You can change skins. You can change genders. You can change identities and careers at the push of a button and there's no consequences. So they're selling your children on a world without consequences. And it's very interesting and it's, it's horrifying to watch, but you need to know how they're doing it and what they want in order to make a dent in the minds of your children and the people around you as they are being exposed to this very sophisticated weaponized information warfare. Um, so yeah, there's that. So if you haven't seen cult of the medics, go check it out. You can also get it at cult Now, Swinging back real quick to my comments about Trudeau, Canada, what's going on, all these protests and everything. There has been something going on that I've only recently started to look at. I only noticed it uh, like a couple days ago that there's these citizen led inquiries. I think it's the ICR or I something. I'll find the name in a second here. I got a little video clip that I want to show you uh, from this group. And they are trying to do citizen led inquiries around the country. On, uh, I believe they're doing this about the pandemic, but I think it's also about other issues as well. And so let me just, uh, yeah, let me pull this up. I'm going to play this little clip for you, and then I'll show you where you can go follow more about this. And I'm also going to be digging into it to learn more as well. But here we go. Oh, for some reason, I got to reload it. Hold on. Because... This is the most significant event for most of us alive today in Canada. We've never gone through an experience that has so shaped our country and so divided us and so shaken us up. And we all know that we're going to be facing the consequences and the changes that it brings, uh, it's going to bring forth going forward um, for generations. And so we we were just passionate about the need for an independent look. But this, this adventure that we've started that's growing and growing is only going to succeed if we can reach all Canadians and, in fact, really the entire world. This needs to be done in every single country, an independent of government, citizen-run inquiry into why the decisions were made the way they were and why all the institutions acted the way they did. Now, <clears throat> we're here today. We've run three hearings in Truro, Nova Scotia. We've run three hearings in uh, Toronto. We ran a, a day of hearings yesterday in Winnipeg. We have had <clears throat> one mainstream media outlet here 
for, you know, maybe 40 minutes in this whole time. And yet on social media, <clears throat> we're having, starting to have tremendous success. But the reality is, is the mainstream media is not going to cover us. And there's some clear reasons for that, because if the citizens in Canada get control of their institutions again, get their institutions working for them again, then it is most probable, in my opinion, that the editorial boards of the mainstream media will be facing criminal charges. So why would they cover proceedings such as this? So how do we get the word out? And this is our call. Because what we're finding is, is there's just a number of you out there that have a large footprint in social media. Some of you are podcasters, and I'm talking to you all around the world, not just in Canada. We've got to ignite this around the world. If you are a podcaster, start podcasting about the NCI, and we'll give you guests. We'll give you our spokesperson. We'll give you witnesses. We'll help you put us out and, and plug in and tag us. If you've got a Twitter account or, <clears throat> look, we're, we're on every social media, tie into us and push us out on your networks. Again, this is a citizen initiative and it only works if you, the citizens, and not just of Canada, but of the world, start participating, start taking personal responsibility for doing something. Yeah, very good. I mean, my only concern off the bat, because I mean, it sounds good, right? Like I like that vibe citizen led we're not getting the government to do it we saw what happened with the inquiry into the truckers even though there was some positives we could pull out of it if we could have it run by us where in the same way that they're tracking and tracing investigating and surveilling us if the citizens of the country started doing that to the government and it actually gained traction and was effective just because of the sheer amount of more people that are waking up now as opposed to even when we did the convoy or even when we were in the pandemic it's it's growing by the day and I think a lot of it is this trans stuff. I think that's really make it's tipping a lot of people over the edge. So they're and they're also now they're going, well, wait, wait, that's really weird. Why are they doing that? Oh, wait, it's the same people that were doing this pandemic stuff. Maybe I better question this vaccine after all, or maybe I better question my whole political outlook or whatever. It's happening. So I just think absent my actual dive into the founders and everything else. Um, cause we always do have to watch out for fake uh, resistance movements as well. And also realizing there's the potential for that to happen. Some of these things start out very well-meaning and they're run by really good people. It gets a little bit of traction, then they're slowly infiltrated, taken over, and then they're going in a completely different direction. Just think of Greenpeace as a great example or any of these other things, they slowly get turned. So be aware of that, but don't cachet on it right out of the gate. Um, until we obviously know that that's what's going on, it's still a good idea. So I would actually be someone that would love to get in touch with this group and bring some people on to talk about this because I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see people trying as many avenues as possible to resist this tyranny peacefully where it's not going to lead into open conflict, which would be disastrous for everybody involved and only plays into the, their hands. Okay. Nobody's prepared for anything like that. None of us in Canada have ever lived through anything like that. Nobody's trained. It's not the way to go at this point. Um, I'm not, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But if we can exhaust every possible angle 
then I think it's, it's, it's the way to go. And I think the best thing we can do is just speak the truth, just speak the truth, get it out there. Cause the truth has its own function. You just have to give it a little momentum so that it can actually be seen because it's often covered up because we live in a world of people that would rather walk away from the truth simply because of the implications of what the truth brings. So having these citizen led inquiries, and I want to catch up on it. I want to see some of the footage. I know they were in Moose Jaw recently and um, maybe even in my neck of the woods, BC. So I want to look into it more, but I just thought I'd play it for you. And for anybody interested in learning more, let me show you their uh, Twitter account. Um, I'll pull it up for you. Yeah, here you go. So if you go and check them out, it is at Inquiry Canada, National Citizens Inquiry. So this is the NCI. That's what they're calling it. Okay. Uh, they also have a website, nationalcitizensinquiry.ca. We can go and check it out. And look, they've already got, look at this. They got all kinds of footage of citizen inquiry, different testimony. Yeah, the roadblocks, numerous adverse reaction reports. So it seems they're focusing on the jabs and the COVID medical technocracy. So that's good. Oh, we got Danny Bulford. Nice. Yeah, they're talking about Bill C-11. Okay, this is great. I have to get these guys on. So if anybody is listening to this show that uh, has connections to National Citizen Inquiry, just DM me on Twitter um, or try to get a message to me on my website, dwtruthware.com, and I'll try to see if I can get someone on to cover this because I think it's important. All right. Was there any other little clippies I wanted to show you before we go to my Twitter? Oh, I know what I got to show you. I want to show you this. Okay, let's just quickly take a look at something very interesting. Again, we're, we're kind of batting back and forth between a few different issues, but again, I'll say it, it's all related. It's all the same old bag, guys. So just to give you a feel for how the World Economic Forum feels about the trans agenda, being that we know Trudeau and all the people are a big puppet of these organizations. Uh, if you go to weforum.org, this was something that was done in 2017. And they have a whole, whole thing here. Transgender rights. How supportive is your country? <laughs> you know, and this was back, look at this, 2017. They were already starting this. It was a lot of people didn't even know this existed as a thing, like this whole movement back then. Okay. It was starting to come out, but it's not, it was nowhere near where it is. So they go, okay, Spain is the country most supportive of transgender rights. What is this? What is, what do you think that is? What is transgender rights? Right? What is it? Like, do they have, do we have different rights than they do? The reason I'm bringing this up is because our constitutions in Canada, and I know it's the same in the States, is it's designed to talk about the people, meaning all people, even people that immigrate from other countries and become Canadian citizens, have equal rights. And they list what the rights are. You know, the ones that they totally threw out for a particular minority of people that didn't want to be part of a medical experimentation. 
we could, we didn't talk about those rights for those who didn't want to take the experimental jabs. And, um, turns out we're being vindicated for that. So you're welcome, but they are focusing on this because they're trying to create in your mind, this idea that there is a deficiency in human rights towards trans people, that their rights are being violated. Okay. And the thing is, is you'd have to get into every individual case that they might bring up to find out if their rights were indeed violated or not, but they're conflating rights with acceptance. And those are two different things. You're accepted in the bigger, wider group, the bigger nation, the culture, you're accepted into the culture. That whole thing as to whether or not you're accepted fully or not is separate from whether you have rights protected under the law. That's different. Have you noticed how they're conflating those two? So, but this was really what I wanted to show you was this is showing you on the World Economic Forum website, overall public support for transgender rights. Ipsos surveyed people in 23 different countries about their views on six policy questions affecting transgender people. This is BuzzFeed News. I'm sure they love BuzzFeed News over at the WEF. They assigned a score from zero to from zero for strongly disagree to 100 for strongly agree and average those scores for each country. <laughs> now look at West. Look at the West. Look at Canada, number one. We are number one. Canada is number one overall public support for what they're calling transgender rights. Then you've got the US, you've got areas of Brazil, you got a little bit going on in China, Australia is just like totally. And then look at the rest of the world. It's pretty absent, okay? But funny how Canada and the West have this. And it's because of the mindset that dominates here, which is that in, especially in Canada, Canadians love the badge of virtue. We live for it. We fight for it. We do everything to win the public approval that we are the virtuous ones. We compete in the virtue Olympics around the world. I don't know if you know, and we're always trying to win the gold medal. And that's how we ended up with somebody like Trudeau, who is also trying to win the virtue Olympics. And in order to win the virtue Olympics, you need to keep the idea in the public mind that there are people who are oppressed in your country. And you need to find multiple groups that are oppressed. And they're usually minority groups that then you can put up and say, these are the people who are left behind, right? You see, this is the other language. If you go to any of these websites, there's no one left behind. I'm going to show you some Trudeau tweets from his little trip to New York City on the taxpayer dollar saying no one left behind because that's a direct quote from the script that comes down from Klaus Schwab and his handlers. So because and you know why they're using it is because it's effective on the people who are in the virtue signaling Olympics and want to play the game. And that's where we're at. So they need to weaponize your virtue against you so that you think you're helping some downtrodden group that doesn't have the same rights you do. So there's a guilt complex that's also pulled upon that religion does and cults do as well. They weaponize guilt to pull you into the hex. Um, so it's virtue and guilt. You bring them in and then you say, you, you have been this whole time, you didn't know it, but you've been acting superior and very much more privileged than this poor little tiny minority group that doesn't have the same privileges that you do. And even if you push back at all and go, well, like, can transgender people get hired in jobs? 
Can they travel freely in their country? Can they decide what medical procedures that they take part in? Because they definitely take part in a lot. And we're now justifying these kind of medical procedures for children as young as the age of nine and 10. So they definitely got that one. Um, they're being promoted by all the beer companies. Now they're being promoted by every Hollywood studio that makes stuff for Netflix. You know, I'm trying to find the place where they don't have the same rights that we do. Right. Acceptance is different. That's something that has to be determined by the natural flow of humanity, uh, in general as to whether a culture wants to accept it or not. And it's so funny to me too, as I'm thinking about this, again, the contradictions, how does it equate in the, in the equation of logic, which I know is very absent from any of these discussions many of the times, but let's just pretend that we're having a discussion about the logic. How do you resolve the equation when you bring cultures into Canada that completely not only are against the trans movement, but they don't even want to have anything to do with the gay movement. They actually look at it as a crime against their religion, right? And they come from countries that actually openly execute and, and hang gay people simply for being gay. And you're going to bring them into a multicultural pot like Canada that is all for championing equal rights. And we have a month long pride parade and we've got the whole thing going on. How does that equate in the picture, right? Because the average person that was in support of mass migration from these countries to save these people from the wars going on over there, right? They would say, well, we need to help that downtrodden minority group by bringing them in, putting them up in five-star hotels in Toronto and giving them a whole bunch of taxpayer money and, you know, bringing them in and building, bringing them in and assimilating them into the culture, except the other thing happens where they don't really assimilate and they actually try to assimilate the entire culture towards their way of doing things, which excludes the other agenda that you're championing at the same time, this whole trans thing. So again, and I know this is all controversial. I'm stepping through a minefield here, but I'm trying to show you a pattern of contradiction regardless of those independent issues and how you feel about them. Do you not see the contradiction here when it comes to the way the government is acting about this, that there's a difference between your feelings and your beliefs and your opinions and what you think about it and whether or not we are to give more power over these issues to the government, to these international NGOs and globalist organizations and to these multinational corporations. Why can't these types of issues be resolved amongst the common person on an individual basis? For example, I have many friends in the gay community. They talk to me and write me all the time. And they tell me how they are trying to divorce themselves from the TQ plus 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 community because they don't want to have anything to do with that. And they've filled me in on the fact that there's actually been an internal war amongst those different letters of the alphabet going on since yay one, the queers don't like the gays, the gays don't like the trans. And there's a little kind of battle going on in that community already. And then you got this whole other thing about, okay, now it's not just about accepting people for who they are. You're openly grooming children to give them options to do this. And with that comes not just a different way of life, but life altering decisions medically that completely change their ability to reproduce 
And then you start listening to some of these detransitioner stories, which there's many of those of people who grow up a little bit, regret it. And now there's no way back. It's too late. Right. And they're just heart wrenching stories. So then I say, well, where's your virtue for those people? How do you, how do you solve that equation now? If you're just trying to help the downtrodden victims, because are those people not victims when they were told, like I showed you in that clip at a young, impressionable age, when they were going through all kinds of psychological stress, still trying to figure out their identity, which is very natural at that age, trying to figure out who you are. And yet you're exposed to, if you don't get these surgeries and take these drugs, you're going to commit suicide. So we need to save your life. These are going to save your life. These are going to save your life. And it just keeps going. And then they go, well, I need to be saved from something because I'm going through this inner turmoil right now. Let's not even get into why that's happening. Let's just, oh, it's happening. And the solution presented to me was this one season solution that I now regret later, but it's too late. So then you go, well, I see that as, well, we need to have a better discussion about this issue in our society and try to resolve it amongst each other. Every individual gets to make their choice. Do they not have the free choice to go into a gender reassignment clinic and get a surgery and take these puberty blockers? Nobody's, nobody in this country, no law is existing that says you can't do this. We used to have some laws that put some age limits on it, but that's getting backed up low, younger and younger and younger. They're also doing the same thing with consensual sex from adults to children, which is justifying the big fear that started with this whole movement from people from, you know, the mass community that were saying, we're concerned that they're trying to open a door for pedophilia and justify that, right? That was a concern and it's being proven to be a legitimate concern, not in every case, but I'm talking about on the wider picture. So I'm bringing all this in to say, no matter where you fall on these issues, again, is the solution granting government godlike power to come in and be the arbiter on this issue? Or is this something that can be resolved in our, in the free market amongst free people, right? Being that every citizen of Canada does have the same rights, except unless you didn't take the jab, then you didn't have those rights and nobody wants to talk about that. There's another contradiction. So bringing a lot up here, but I think it's really relevant because here's another way of looking at the reason why this suddenly got put on steroids, this, this whole trans thing. Okay. Why did it get suddenly pushed to the surface? Number one, I think the reason this is the hot topic right now is because they're trying to walk back from COVID and all the stuff that happened there and the myocarditis and the mass casualties and the casualties to come and the disaster that it caused our economy and totally wrecked our country and everything else. And they want to walk away from it. And so now they're going to put this in front. They know it pisses you off. They know it triggers you and they have a whole game going on to uh, keep this ball going back and forth. So while they're plundering you and looting you and changing your laws and bringing this globalist infrastructure into your country, into your province, into your town. And at the same time, they want their grimy hands on the minds of your kids so that they can train them like the, the Hitler youth of the future for this new globalist world. And what better way than to get a grip on their very identity? So with that, let's go through some of my Twitter here. I think it's time for that. So I'm going to put this here and I'm going to put this over here so we can do this simultaneously. So if I pull this up here 
let me just go down to the uh, spot that I want to show you. I had it saved, but we'll have to rewind it. Let's go back here. Oh, we got lots to do. We can try and rush through this here. So, yeah, Bill C11. Okay. This is something I posted. I got a lot of reactions to it, and I got a lot of answers to it. And it, it's it's just, these are questions. This is why I love questions. They get you thinking. Just if you're thinking this is somehow normal, or what's the argument they're going to say, the reason this is coming to the surface is because we were ignoring it before. That's the reason we're seeing more autistic children. That's the reason we're seeing more children identifying as trans and identifying as being a, you know, a, a flying hippopotamus or whatever. Um, but we didn't see any of this stuff growing up, right? Like here's the, here's the meme. Did you go to school in the seventies? And I could say I went in the eighties. I, I was born in 1982 and I didn't see any of this stuff, but here you go. Did you see, did you go to school in the seventies? How many of you went to school with kids who were allergic to peanut butter? Just start there. Did you know about peanut allergy? Like, was that even a thing back then? It wasn't in my neck of the woods. Didn't know a single kid. We'd run around the neighborhood in between playing baseball or whatever we were doing, Red Rover or whatever, and we'd be peanut butter sandwiches would be hanging out of one hand as we're kicking the soccer ball and shooting hoops at the other. Okay. It was just like there was no issue. It wasn't treated as if we're walking around with, you know, plastic explosives in our hands, which you have to these days. Like my poor, my daughter has poor friends of hers that when they come over, I literally have to like, sanitize everything, hide the peanut butter under my porch and pretend it doesn't exist until the friend goes home because of that's how allergic they are. And it's horrible. And we all want to find out what, what it is, even though I have my suspicions, but just a question, what changed with peanut butter? Let's start with peanut butter. Then what's next? How many of you went to school with kids who were allergic to gluten? What's with all this gluten insensitivity and gluten intolerance? What happened? We've been using bread and grain for centuries, guys. Centuries. What's with all the gluten intolerance? Is it that humans are changing and adapting and we're no longer able to process gluten and bread and wheat and grain? Or did something change in the seeds that produced the new grain and wheat and, and bread and all of that, right? Is there something changed? How many of you went to school with kids who are autistic? How many? And I remember speaking to somebody years ago about this and just asking this question, and she was supposedly some kind of expert in it, and said, oh, we were just not diagnosing. We were misdiagnosing these kids. And I'm like, well, when I say I never grew up seeing autistic kids, I mean the kids I grew up around displayed zero symptoms of autism, literally zero. None of my kids were having those symptoms. So none of my friends, I mean, none, I never grew up with it. None, and all the people I talked to, you should see the comments in that thread. Nobody saw it. What about how many of you went to school with kids who were transgender? What changed? Isn't this interesting? They changed the water in the fish tank, metaphorically speaking. Someone changed these things. These are not just coincidences and modern adaptations or whatever. Yeah, we're probably adapting to all the chemicals, 
all the stuff Monsanto's been spraying for how long? That's now owned by a pharmaceutical company named Bayer who was birthed out of Aji Farben. Like you got that, you got whatever they're spraying in the sky, who knows, right? We got the water getting into that. We got the culture, which is built by social engineers because there's a consciousness factor to these changes as well. There's a psychological factor. And yes, your mind is a lot more powerful than you might know. So what changed? Someone changed it to achieve the state of things as they are right now. When you want to make changes to society, you can try to force everybody to change along with what you want, or you can just alter the water in the whole fish tank, give it some time, deal with the people who protest you along the way, target the minds of the young, target the biology of the young. Tell pregnant women, take 47 vaccines and you'll be fine. And take your brand new baby gift from God and walk them down to cult of the medics and get as many needles in there as humanly possible. And let's do that for generations. And let's put atrazine in the water supply. And let's put glyphosate in all these weed roundup products that you're going to spray on your garden. And then your kids are going to go play outside in that shit. And let's have industrial waste oozing into the air quality, the air around where you live. And let's also put, um, let's get into the rainbow spectrum of the electromagnetic spectrum and let's put all these 5G towers everywhere. They're emitting all kinds of signals or who knows what. Let's put televisions and smartphones in every hand and in every living room in the world. Let's, you know, like you just on and on we could go about things that could have possibly altered things to, to now be where we're at. I put most of this on the pharmaceuticals, but there's so many factors you can get into here. Okay. So just, this is where, when you're talking to people, just ask these questions, especially if, especially if they are eighties and seventies and beyond, if they've come from those decades, just be like, do you remember any of this? Were kids running around asking wh what they were? No kids were pretending to be ninjas. P kids were pretending to be karate kid because that was the popular thing in the culture because karate kid was a, phenomenon. So everybody wanted to be in karate. That's what I remember in the eighties. Everybody was watching Jurassic park and pretending to be dinosaurs, pretending keyword, pretending, knowingly pretending, and then going back to being a normal kid and playing baseball and skipping rope and shit, right? Chewing bubble gum. So little wisdom from Bruce Lee, a wise man can always be found alone. A weak man can always be found in a crowd. He's speaking philosophically there. Think about it. These people want, what do they want? Let me come back a sec. What do they want? Do they want rights? Or are they asking for public affirmation? Meaning their entire identity is not figured out because it's completely based on whether you support them or not in that identity. Meaning they need the crowd in order to exist. And it's all built on the crowd. It's all built on the psychology of the crowd. It's groupthink, which means it's not authentic. If it was authentic, you wouldn't care what everybody, you'd be like us, conspiracy theorists, literally the most hammered group in our culture that we could go, we don't have equal rights to even speak on YouTube for crying out loud. 
Yet if you go to YouTube right now and type in trans and I did it today, it's nothing but 99.9% .9 pro trans videos. And by pro trans, I'm not against transgender people at all. I'm talking about the pro trans globalist agenda, which is essentially a very sophisticated grooming program to build transhumanism. There's an agenda behind it. Okay. Make sure you understand that distinction, please. So conspiracy theorists are actually the real minority here. And the minority behind that is what Ayn Rand pointed out as being the individual. The real minority in our society is the individual. So people who are against individual rights have no business saying, I advocate for human rights. I advocate for the rights of the minority groups because the lowest common denominator minority group is the individual. And we're speaking philosophically and also politically about the rights of the individual. The right to say no, the right to not be coerced by the government, the right to speak freely, the right to move freely, the right to paint yourself into a pink unicorn if you want to. Go for it. Yay. Have fun. Maybe walk away from these puberty blockers and these pharmaceuticals because these medics, let me tell you a story about them, okay? That's what I would say to these people. You've been sold a bill of goods by the best snake oil salesmen that have ever existed on the face of this planet. Literally snake oil salesmen, guys. Literally. So don't be the, don't be, when you see people identifying with the crowd and I want the public to affirm me and love me, I feel sorry for those people. I have nothing but empathy for those people. What happened to that person that traumatized their mind to that degree? Were they sexually abused as a youngster? Were they abused by their family? Were they... What has that person experienced to drive them into that condition of consciousness? I want to help those people, but this is not the way to do it. Breeding mental illness into the culture, breeding division into the culture, breeding insanity into the culture. So you're going to be the one alone now if you're the one asking these questions and pointing these things out. Although you're not as alone as you think. I just bring it to that extreme where if you were, you should still speak up. You should still fight back. You should still stand as that individual against the will of the crowd who historically, let's just remind you who you're dealing with when it comes to the crowd. Let's remind you. Um, put this in. You can pull this up because this is really important. So prepare it all in advance. It kind of comes to me on the fly. So let me just make sure I get this statement correct here. Yeah, there you go. All right, Gustav Le Bon wrote the book, The Crowd, The Study of the Popular Mind. I talk about it all the time. We've got to keep going back to ABCs here, guys, to make sure this really goes home, okay? He says this, it is only by obtaining some sort of insight into the psychology of crowds and groups that it can be understood how slight is the action upon them of laws and institutions, how powerless they are to hold of any opinions other than those which are imposed upon them, and that it is not with rules based on theories of pure equity that they are to be led, that's just the snake oil salesman, but by seeking what produces an impression on them and what seduces them. 
So that's who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a separate consciousness from your own that Edward Bernays called the public mind, which can be programmed top to bottom because it's operating on a very low IQ. So if you're waiting for that mob of people to worship you and affirm you, how could you find any level of true identity and self-respect when it's based on that platform of the people of this? Look at the history of crowds. Look at the history of the group. Look at the history of totalitarianism. Study the roots of tyranny. Study collectivism. And see the trail of bodies and blood and tears that those ideologies have left in their wake. And it has happened every single time. That's why I come on the show and I very... Um, strongly say that the crowd is always wrong. Always. And again, the crowd, this is an archetype, okay? So it's always wrong. The only changes that ever were made, even in the gay rights movements, weren't made by all the gays in the world. It was made by small groups of people that fought hard, won the day, and there you go. And it's the same with all these different movements that made any kind of true progress. I believe every human being should have equal rights. However, you don't have a right to impose your ideology and indoctrinate children with it. You can keep it to yourself, especially when it comes to your private sexual practices and fetishes. So that's how I know this is a weaponized system. And that's why, um, that's why I'm, I'm talking a lot about it lately on some of these tweets. Let me pull up a good one here. This is something that I was talking about. I wonder what you guys thought. I think they're all reading scripts and teleprompters. These people, these, these influencers, these politicians, these pundits on the media, they're reading scripts and teleprompters. They are all trained actors and they're staging a play for you on behalf of their masters. They might not even know that such a thing exists. It doesn't matter. They're still operating like puppets on behalf of their masters. You don't have to be a part. This is the good news, guys. None of us have to be a part of this staged play anymore if we don't want to. When you connect to and speak truth freely, now you are the real master. That's how I see it. Now, this is a really good uh, video. I think I'm going to play it. This comes from uh, <laughs> Chris, a.k.a. Straight Goods with the Bros. He's uh, Mounties for Freedom, former police officer. Let me just see. Oh, it's going to make me do a reshare of it on a different channel. Okay, never mind. How about this? I won't have time for it anyways. Go watch the video on my Twitter. I posted it there. Okay, he was asking a really good question. Where are all the strong men? I did this show last week, guys. Where's all the men? Everybody's like, where's all the men? The men didn't fight back. The men didn't rise up. What happened to them? All the women are like, I'm just sitting here waiting for all the men to come back. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Men are hesitating to reclaim their inner authority. Something has happened to cause men to hesitate when in previous generations, they wouldn't have hesitated. And I think the missing ingredient is that truly strong men, en masse at least, need the support of strong women in their lives who admire them and encourage them for their strength and masculinity rather than trying to compete with them or shame them for it. So let's go, gents. You have greatness in you. Stop listening to all this nonsense that's calling you weak and toxic and 
You're only that if you believe you are. Just like the people who are competing in the victim Olympics, if you believe you're oppressed, you are oppressed by the fact that you believe that you're oppressed. It's the belief of being oppressed that oppresses you more than any external oppression. And please send me all the examples of the external oppression everybody's talking about. Yeah, this is Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> this was kind of funny. This is yesterday. CTV is like after being closed for 15 months for safety concerns from the freedom. Con they always put it in in quotes, the freedom convoy. And that's what it was in Ottawa. Wellington street finally reopens on Friday. So guys, they just opened the main street now in April of 2023. That was closed down since the convoy. So I'm like, okay, so Ottawa is now finally letting Wellington Street out of its safe space pen after they made extra sure that all the scary bouncy castles were cleared and months upon months had passed to ensure that Trudeau felt more secure again to continue to be a dick without being called on it by peaceful Canadians. There you go. You gotta take a few swipes at this stuff. The controversial legislation gives Ottawa the authority to tell broadcasters like YouTube and Netflix that they should, what they should and should not recommend to viewers online. And there's so much more to it, guys. I'm not going to cover it all here. There's other guys that will do a better deep dive. But this is that Bill C-11 crap. Uh, Keith Wilson, one of the lawyers with the convoy, pointed this out when they were talking about reopening the that road. He's just reminding everybody, don't forget, Freedom Convoy parked on Wellington Street for 23 days at the direction of the police while always leaving an emergency lane open. Then the city closed it to everyone for 431 days, and the feds now want it closed permanently. Okay. Redheaded libertarian. She's been killing it lately. This is important here. So these are some of the studies that you can get into. And anybody who's in psychology or, or anything that is honest will tell you this is blatant, blatantly understood within the psychiatric and psychological community. Okay. So scientists followed, this is a study that was done, Frontiers. Uh, scientists followed 139 gender dysphoric boys from 1989 to 2002 and found that 88% of boys outgrow gender dysphoria by the age of 20 when left the fuck alone. And this is just a little bit from that. Uh, in childhood, the boys were assessed at a mean age of 7.49 years. They did a range at a mean year of 1989 and followed it up at a mean age of 20.58 years at a mean year of 2002. It's funny how they write this. Can't you just say... It's from 1989 or whatever. Of the 139 participants, 17, 12.2%, were classified as persisters, and the remaining 122, which is 87.8, were classified as D assisters. So these are the guys that figured out who they were and put all the women's clothes away and grew up and became men. So basically, they this is known that the vast majority of these kids, when they go through this confused state, they work it out and they leave it behind and they go live happy lives and they don't end up having puberty blockers. They don't end up becoming permanently sterile. They don't end up with boatloads, more mental illness issues, and they don't end up committing suicide. Unlike those who go along with this very nefarious trend.
sadly. So just to give you a little bit on that. Ah, oh, yeah, the BC hospitals, whatever. We'll move on from that. There's Trudeau going to see the globalists in New York. Oh, this is the tweet I was talking about. This is right on Trudeau's page. Just putting it out there. The sustainable development goals are all about building a future where nobody gets left behind. Wait a minute, though. Nobody gets left behind. Where have we heard this before? Oh, right, Klaus Schwab. Um, so the sustainable development goals, you got to read them for yourself. You have to understand the implications. Go get the book Behind the Green Mask by the great Rosa Corey. May she rest in peace. And go learn about the fine print of these so-called sustainable development goals if you're confused about it. And you will not be confused anymore. And... I found it interesting. Uh, he's saying no one left behind except people that disagree with me would be the, the thing that Justin would have to say under his breath here, because obviously he left behind all the people that he called racist, misogynists, Nazis, simply because they didn't want to take part in what he was telling them they had to do or else. So yeah, I guess some, some people do get left behind. And what about all the people that have died as a result of following the government's advice? Dude, are they not left behind now? They're in the grave, so is that count as behind? Go talk to some of these morticians and guys that run funeral parlors, and they'll tell you just how high the numbers are for healthy young people just dropping dead suddenly. I think those people are being left behind. And then he says, today, as co-chairs of SDG Advocates... Oh, what is it? SDG advocates are 17 global change-making advocates, faster and more ambitious actions for the SDGs, global goals facilitated by the UN partnerships. So these are the advocates of the sustainable development goals. And he's admitting he's a co-chair of this. He's a co-chair of the, so he's basically saying I'm balls deep in the globalist agenda for the new world order. All right. Just want to make sure, you know, we're working really hard to bring the new world order into effect. And I just want to make sure you know, and I remember the days, guys, where people were calling me crazy for even saying there was such a thing as a world government being set up or they were talking about a new world order. And that's why I called it that, because that's what George Bush and all those guys called it. And I was like, what's the new world order? Oh, it's global centrally controlled government um, for the alien ant farm. So now they changed it to world governance under Stephen Harper. That's what he called it. And then they, now they're talking about as sustainable development, but what's sustainable development for them? Do you think? Cause remember it's all tongue in cheek. Nothing is as it seems sustainable development for them is a world with a lot less human beings running around. And the remaining human beings are part of the transhuman movement. So that's sustainable development clearing all the land of all the farms and all the homes and basically culling the human population. That's how I read it because that's what the policies are, are doing and that's what they're openly discussing. Just think back to Bill Gates, Ted talks, etc., and all the scientific papers and the club of Rome and all that, right? Population bomb. Remember that stuff? Oh, speaking of population bomb, <laughs> hold on. Well, I got another link. I got to show you. Did you know you can go read it from the horse's mouth over at the United Nations website? 
if you go to the United Nations website, so it's what, uh, un.org, you can go to their search and you can just put in population and they have a whole page of articles about population. You just keep reading through. And remember, this is just what they're saying publicly written with the very flowery PR language that they like to write it in. So they don't alert you. But if you know what you're reading and you see the actions they're taking and compare it to what they're telling you, you can decode what they really mean here. And they have a whole page, right? On population. Talking about China and India, our growing population, it's a big problem, right? We had to really uh, take a lot of shots uh, with Africa, send the medics in there, do all kinds of experimentation and polio stuff and spraying them with all kinds of stuff, experimenting. We've got to sh shrink those numbers down, right? Now we got to do it in Europe. Oh, and they're telling us right here, is there, there's a shrinking population in Europe. Why would that be? In sharp contrast, they're saying the populations of 61 countries of areas in the world are expected to decrease by 2050. Are they expected to decrease by 2050? UN? Why, why would you be expecting that? How would you know? You got a crystal ball? Are you just looking at maybe some of Neil Ferguson's, Neil Ferguson's uh, graphs, his charts? You got some uh, crystal balls in the back room? No, it's because you're actively working on making sure that it decreases by 2050, ain't you? They're saying of which 26 countries may see a reduction of at least 10%. Several countries are expected to see their populations decline by more than 15% by 2050. Go through all these countries. A lot of them are Europeans. Oh, and then we got this uh, fertility. Wait, here we go. Fertility. <laughs> okay. Should I? Yeah. Can you see that? Maybe you can't even see it, but. They're saying here, fertility in all European countries is now below the level required for full replacement of the population. This, if I tweeted this or not tweeted, but if I went on Facebook and put this, I would probably have that Facebook post flagged as misinformation or something, even though I'm getting it from the United Nations, because they would say that's racist ideology to talk about how European are, Europeans are not replacing their population. But there it is. Why is this? Why is the fertility rates down in Western countries? What changed? Think back to that meme I showed you about how many, how many kids, autistic kids did you see? How many transgender kids did you see in the 70s, 80s, and 90s? Zero. Now it's, we have fertility problems. Could any of this been done by design? right? Factors that influence population growth, they get into fertility rates, increasing longevity, international migration, which they are pushing on all the Western countries. So if international migration impacts fertility, why are we doing this? Um, unless we want to do it, of course. The United Nations role in population issues. We do have a role. You're going to think when you read this that their role is to try to help stop it. But what if I told you it's exactly the opposite of that? They even have their own division. It's called the UN Population Division. Did you know about that? You have a UN Population Fund. Did you know about that? Guess who they are? Let's pull them up. Case for rights and choices, 8 billion lives, infinite possibilities. 
we're here to help you, right? And it just kind of devolves into a bunch of things that are not related to the big question here. But we know where this is at. We know that it was the UN was basically funded and set up by a bunch of uh, Nazis and Rockefellers who have openly written for decades and been involved in things that are helping to reduce the surplus population of the earth, not increase it. So there you go. You can go find a, just read through their propaganda and um, compare what they say to what we actually see happen. Just wanted to show you that. So let's spin back to Twitter here. I'm trying to get through all this stuff within a reasonable time period. There it is. So yeah, Trudeau hobnobbing down there with the globalists. Um, but I did that one. Okay, here we go. Yeah, this is the protest. Look at them all. Just so passionate about getting more money from taxpayers. Still no sniper teams or heavy cavalry. Still waiting on that. Oh, here we are. We're taking the bridge. You hear that? They are taking the bridge. They are taking the bridge. Taking the bridge. Share this. CPAC has just announced they are taking this critical infrastructure. Pay me more money to keep working for a tyrannical government. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, I got to find my spot again. Let me come back. Let me get zip through these. Oh, we got Tucker. Oh, yeah. And then we Tucker. Now, quick uh, flashback because we had Tucker leaving Fox or being fired from Fox, whichever way it went down. And I think this is the best thing that's ever going to happen for him in this regard because I hear he's going to be teaming up with Twitter. He did a video announcement. Did you see it had like 63 million views and totally annihilated all of the mainstream media ratings combined with one guy in his basement <laughs> on Twitter where there's no algorithmic manipulation, at least with that one. And I thought that was interesting. So anyways, he, uh, this was Maxine Bernier just saying flashback Friday in June of 2021, Tucker Carlson interviewed me after I was arrested in Manitoba for holding an outdoor rally. And guys, I got to say this. Whatever you think about Tucker, he's been in the corner of Canada this entire time, covering a lot of the stuff that I cover on my shows, pointing out the hypocrisy with Trudeau, pointing out all the nonsense with the pandemic, interviewing people like Maxime, interviewing other people. And um, so for that, I'm grateful. But let's just check this quick little clip out here. Want to know how fast a democracy can, can, be, can become authoritarian? Well, one of the most prominent political figures in Canada, a man called Maxime Bernier, went to a protest against the lockdowns outdoors and was arrested by the regime for doing it. Afternoon, sir. Yes, Purple yes. Park with the RCMP. Yeah. I can get you step out of the vehicle. I'm going to place you under arrest right now. Yeah. Right now, you're under arrest under the uh, provincial health orders. Okay, so if you can just put your hands behind your back, face towards the vehicle. Okay, give me one hand here. I'll get you to stay in the vehicle, okay? Thank yep. You. The other hand. Do you have any weapons or anything on you, sir? Weapon? No, no weapon. Only, anything on you only my words. Anything, anything like that? Sorry? Anything on you that's going to hurt me or anything like that? No, no, anything will hurt you. Only my words. Only my philosophy. Only what I believe in. I love that he said that. Only my words are, are, are something that might hurt you. Because that's what this is really about. The war against words. So you guys remember that? When he got arrested? Did you ever see Pierre get arrested for anything? No? Okay. Well, either way. Um, I just thought it was good that 
at least Tucker Tucker was one of the mainstream journalists that actually covered that. So, uh, okay. The real Andy Lee show, go follow her on Twitter at real Andy Lee show. She's got some really good reports going on right now about some of these inquiries, especially regarding the Trudeau foundation CEO. She's been hot on the trail of this. Um, I'm not going to go through and play all the clips cause I'm kind of running low on time, but she's just, just summarizing this. There's some interesting testimony coming from Pascal Fournier, who is former Trudeau foundation CEO. And here she is describing how her property, including her phone was promptly confiscated at her home following her resignation over a controversial Chinese donation quote. They insisted on the fact that they wanted to read all of the text messages. So she's, and she, she goes through, there's a whole bunch of clips that she kind of puts out back to back. So go to her channel and just go through it. If you want to catch up, she's doing a great job over there. Thank you. Uh, real Andy Lee. Now, do you remember this bushels per acre? Another great channel to follow on Twitter. I've been following him since the pen or since the convoy. Um, he's also following the Dutch protests and everything too, but just pointing this out about some of these scandals with our tyrant in power. Um, Trudeau's West gray accuser was much younger than first thought. So we are finding out now that we knew there was some sexual abuse going on, but we thought it was at least with girls of age, but we're finding out that that is not the case. Um, and this is actually an older article, uh, 2019. Now I'm looking at it, but either way, here we are. So he's saying, if Trudeau silences the internet with Bill C-11, how will we ever find out who the 14-year-old girl was, she was 14, that he was banging when he was 29 years old teacher at West Gray when his roommate got caught with child porn? What 29-year-old millionaire needs a roommate Whose child porn was it really? Trudeau lost his job, paid off the child, and then shortly thereafter, there were murders at the private school. But Bill C-11 stops that conversation. Yeah, so some interesting things there. And then there was also, is it here? Okay, I'll just go up the list because it's here somewhere. Again, so this is another from Real Andy Lee, just talking more testimony from Pascal Formier testifies that she had questions about the donation receipts issued by her predecessor, Morris Rosenberg, the man who also wrote a report of foreign interference for Trudeau. One mentions an address in China. So we've got some scandals that have to do with sexual abuse of sexual abuse with minors of inappropriate behavior. Think of, uh, Jody, oh, I can't remember her name, Raybould. She was talking about the SNC-Lavalin scandal. There's just not, there's lists of scandals that go to the ceiling when it comes to Trudeau, right? But now we've got this thing about election interference from China. And I'm glad we're finally getting some of these people on the stand. So hopefully something comes of that. Yeah. More scandals, more information coming out. The Trudeau's foundation. This is... Um, Viva Fry just commenting on CTV News reporting on the Bill C-11, liberal bill. He's just saying, Justin Trudeau has successfully turned Canada into a North Korean hermit kingdom, all done under the letter of the law, so it can't be a, quote, dictatorship. These are developments that Rogan and Rusty Rockets and others need to know about. So he's trying to get more people to cover this. Yeah, okay. Let's just quickly go through the, again, the contradictions that all tyrants and sociopaths exhibit when it comes to what they're saying, because we all know Trudeau was just out there saying, I didn't force anybody to take a vaccine. 
oh, so you're completely denying what you actually did? Shocker. But I think this is a little compilation here. Let's let's check it out. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train beside vaccinated people. And now is the time for people who are still resistant to getting vaccinated to realize that that choice, which has consequences on putting our kids at risk, which has consequences at having us risk uh, more lockdowns because they haven't chosen to get vaccinated yet, that there will be consequences for those people in not being able to go to a gym or a restaurant, not being able to go to a movie theater, not being able to get on a train or a plane. I want to stand up for the choice of those who are there for their neighbors. Not those who are risking us all going into further lockdowns of slowing our economic recovery. Trying to bring people together is not always compatible with science, with respect for human rights, with the best way to move things forward. I mean, when Aaron O'Toole talks about, oh yes, we need to unite people, we need to bring people together, he's talking about defending the rights of people who are anti-vax. That's why we've been unequivocal. If you want to get on a plane or a train in the coming months, you're going to have to be fully vaccinated. So families uh, with their kids don't have to worry uh, that someone is going to be, put them in danger in the seat next to them or across the aisle. Unfortunate that people who chose not to get vaccinated are now the ones clogging up our ICU systems and our hospital beds that should be available for people who did their work and did get vaccinated, making sure uh, that uh, businesses that choose to move forward with uh, vaccine, vaccination requirements aren't subject to unnecessary or unjustified lawsuits. If you make a choice, a personal choice, to not get vaccinated, then I will have no sympathy for you when you come to me and said, oh, but I can't go out to a restaurant with my friends, or I'm not being allowed to go to the gym, or my employer uh, is telling me I have to continue to work from home. Uh, you don't have a right to endanger others. And those people are putting us all at risk. So... They should have finished that clip with the uh, statement that he made about I didn't force anybody because he's a liar. He, he lied on the stand as well in the inquiry. Remember that about that? So, yep, that's what they do. These tyrants, they just keep lying. Let me just make sure. I think I had a couple more. Try to get through this. Oh, there was that. Oh, yeah, this one. Yeah. Okay. This one. I did have something on. Okay, so do you remember this? Speaking of scandals. Now, you wonder what it's going to take people to get a little more suspicious. This is from Corey Morgan. And he's just saying, ah, I see the silly game of trying to shame politicians for who they take pictures with has begun again. Here is the nice picture of Justin Trudeau with convicted pedophile Terry Lowe. Shall we continue with his this idiocy or... Shall we just accept that politicians take thousands of pics with people they don't know? Is he he's defending them here? Oh my God, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's just interesting because 
it, you know, who are they associating with it, it, Why are they doing this? Why would you say, okay, this picture is innocent, but every picture of say Trump or anybody else or anybody that resists it with somebody else is immediately guilty by association, but not for Trudeau. Of course, he's just taking pictures with fans, right? Because of course you do have, um, you do have this, there's an article here from CBC talking about this Alberta party candidate, Terry Lowe pleads guilty to child sex abuse. So he's even covered, he's got sentenced to 21, oh no, not even, two and a half years in prison. Sorry, I was assuming it was 21. And he, he got sentenced to two and a half years in prison for internet luring sexual touching of a minor. So he's one of those dudes that's like in those sting operation videos. He got caught, gets a slap on the wrist, he's back out, circulation. So it is interesting, some of the kind of people that you see Trudeau hanging out with. Makes you wonder. Obviously, it's not guilty by association only, but I think we're right to have a few suspicions here, especially given the situation that we're in and especially given all these other scandals. Um, then, of course, we've got conservative MPs talking about the gun grab because they're doing the same thing in Canada that they're doing in all the countries, which is to bring in the sort of communist-style takeover where they go after the guns they emasculate all the males there's no resistance they bring in draconian laws bit by bit then they start becoming more openly draconian then everything gets more expensive then the taxes go up then it becomes unlivable then they justify the reaction of the public to that horrible condition of living and then they justify the boots on the street and then it's more government power then it's seizing land, then it's seizing property, then it's, gen you know, and it's just this cycle that we can all see happening slowly. And it's, again, not just a Canadian problem. You have your Trudeau version in your country. And um, so what do we do about all this? Well, I don't even have, I, that's another show. I've always given my best uh, analysis on that. I don't even know sometimes myself, guys, what to do. Some people in Canada are like, let's move away. But I'm like, yeah, but where are you going to go? Well, somewhere that doesn't have those particular problems. Okay, but they have their problems. So it's basically pick your problems, right? And I'm not saying you shouldn't go where you need to go, but the whole planet needs to stand and fight in a non-peaceful, non-violent way. Okay, just got to say that. Push back everywhere. And I guess... This starts with the parents, doesn't it? This starts at the home. This starts with you. I don't know what to do for the masses. I don't know how to reprogram the public mind so that they can see the truth. I don't know how to stop the onslaught of this globalist agenda because it is decades in the making. It's funded to the tune of trillions of dollars. They've embedded themselves like cockroaches in every possible government agency and institution and media company. It's all run by their own system of blackmail and buy-offs and bribes and threats and all that. Um, so it'd be like me saying, oh, I've got a solution on how to get rid of the mafia. <laughs> like, okay, they've been trying to fight that forever and it's still in existence. And uh, there's no instant solution to that. There's no instant solution to our current situation. But that doesn't mean we're helpless. That doesn't mean... Nothing can be done. It just means we got to put aside our petty differences 
Stop fighting so much amongst each other about things that literally don't matter and put our heads together to figure out the best solution for where you live right now. And I think it's been, it's been happening like this for a bit. We've gained some traction. Every action that this government takes that is openly tyrannical or insane or whatever is bringing more people to awareness of what they're dealing with. And they're very quickly going down the rabbit hole and seeing just how dark it is. And I know that because I've been having a lot of conversations with these people who were resistant to any of this. You're seeing it more, more of these accounts on social media, even more mainstream personalities and celebrities are openly talking about a lot of these things now. And what happens is the more that do it, the more courage it gives to other people who know what's going on, but were too afraid to come out because they're worried about the social pressure and the blowback. I'm wondering how this is going to go down with the media now that Twitter is allowing you to post these kinds of things and have these conversations, whereas all the other social media are trying to censor it. And what do we see the reaction of this deep state with that? They're trying to attack Twitter and try to take it back and get it tangled up in all kinds of lawfare, which shows that that's a threat to what they're doing because they're trying to cover everything up. Um, you have this new bill, the censorship bill coming into Canada. Why? Well, it's because all of these scandals are coming out daily now about Trudeau and the foundation and the government and not just him, but other members of the government, even people on the conservative side as well. The swamp is being exposed in every country simultaneously. So what do you see the reaction of? Their counterhook is more censorship, but they can't go full censorship. They have to come in again with these little steps because they know how sensitive the public mind is right now. So you just study it and you go, oh, interesting that that's how it's going. That I wonder if they're threatened by this. So I'm seeing chinks in the armor. I'm seeing them put their foot on the gas pedal, which means they're kind of in a rush. And when you're in a rush, you make mistakes. And we need to be there to capitalize on that and broadcast it and talk about it. I like the idea of citizen inquiries. Let's just make sure they stay organic and stay swamp free. Um, let's also work on the local level. We've always talked about this. That's my best thing is get on the local level. What can you do locally in your local community to make change against these SDGs and these international laws that are coming in on the local level, right to your city districts? You'll see sustainable development all throughout your local city council laws and write-ups and communications and emails. It's all over the banners, the signs, they're all in on it. Many people who don't realize what they're involved with because they bought the snake oil salesman that this is about protecting people and saving the planet and stopping diseases and all that. And then there's the people who are bought and paid for uh, that know what they're doing, but they're doing it because either they have to or they're ideologically part of it. So it's the average person out there like you and me who just need the truth in our hands. I love the speech Tucker gave uh, where he was talking about this. The one that went to 62 million views where he's like, the truth is the best weapon. We just have to speak it. It's, 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 you're powerful, even if you're an individual. That's why the idea of the individual is actually a beautiful thing as well, is that you don't need to have the crowd behind you in order to make a point. It's never really come across that well. It's one person that stood up and said something, the penetrating, undeniable truth. And then they either lock them up, execute them, silence them, censor them. 
but the damage was already done. The truth, the damage the truth does is devastating. Whereas lies, you have to keep firing arrows nonstop 24 seven. You got to keep supporting the lie. And then you got to tell lies to support the other lie. And then you forget what that's why you're seeing the contradictions. These people have lied so much. They're also just reading scripts. So they're not even tracking it. They can't even remember where the lie started and where it ended and where the truth, they don't even know. So we catch them on it and point it out to show people why are you trusting these people? They're lying. It's obvious. So truth can be your weapon. You are the master. If you can connect to your inner truth, and then you can bring that inner truth out to the world in some way, shape or form, even if it's to one child that just needed some support, that just needed a little bit of guidance, that just needed a bloody high five or a hug or someone to smile at them or someone to pay attention, someone to listen to them, especially these teens. They just want someone to listen to them. That can help, right? So uh, what are some other things? I mean, in the end, it's... And then, oh, about the original clip that I played where Trudeau made that little statement about how we don't get to save the world unless women are involved or some, something like that. Okay, there you go. Maybe women can be the ones. When you have a gentleman like Billboard Chris out there speaking to women, those three masked women who are sitting there challenging him for defending these children when they think they're the ones defending the children. Notice how they think they're defending the feelings of the children, whereas he was there defending the survival and the biology of the children. And look at that, right? Like why is, why is there so much support for this destruction of children by many of these women? And then you see some of the biggest defenders of these kids are other women, other moms that are like, this is nonsense. So that that's happening. We've got mama bears coming out now. And so, but I don't know if Trudeau would consider that what he meant when he made that statement, because those, those mama bears are against his agenda. So we need, like I said in my previous show, men and women need to heal the past wounds, come together and work side by side to fight this tyranny for the sake of our children, the children being our future. Don't fall for the little feelings battles they want you all wrapped up in and all the virtue signaling and all the fake stuff. Find out the truth and fight for the truth and teach your children the truth. So... What I'm doing is I'm doing my podcast. I'm doing what I can on social media. I'm talking to people. I've gotten involved in my community. I just opened my dojo, trying to create a place where we can strengthen people and heal people from the war that we're in and what we just went through and try to bring everybody together just on a, on a different level. Not getting into politics in there. We're just training martial arts. I feel like it's a good thing. Um, and I'm trying to do the things that I can. I'm trying to raise my kids right. I'm trying to have the best influence that I can trying to work on myself. I'm not perfect. I still got a lot of work to do, right? So I'm just giving you that example as something that you can maybe do if you're sitting there going, what do I do? Little things add up to big things. So just because you didn't get to find the solution that saved all of Western civilization from a multi-generational thousand-year-old agenda, uh, don't, don't beat yourself up over that. <laughs> and don't get into despair either. Because the truth, as I've always said, is going to win this war in the end. 
It always does. It's a force of nature. You can deny nature. You can deny the truth all you want. You can deny the consequences of it, but you can't avoid the consequences of evading the truth. It will checkmate this in the end. So we just have to be the proponents of it, the seekers of it. The the We have to want it and we have to put it out there, especially when we're having this these lies and these deceptions is taught to our kids. So when you're studying this, don't get into depression and despair about it. Study it, make it a study so that you can have more arrows in your quiver of how to deal with it. And I feel like the more we look at, the more we analyze the problem objectively, not getting emotionally invested, not getting, just pull yourself out and look at it. The human mind is brilliant. When you, when you get rid of all the crap in your head that's in the way and all the anxiety and all the, the nonsense, the human mind is brilliant at solving problems. When it sees a problem, if it's a healthy mind and an intelligent mind, it will find a solution. Just give it some time. The more of us that get rid of our own fear and our own baggage and the own stuff that's in the way, the more clearly we will see the problem. And then more clearly, we will be able to come up with better solutions. And if we can unite minds like that together, which is what this whole project is, which is what having censorship-free media is really all about, and we need more of it. If we can do that, look what we've done just with some memes, from some humor, for crying out loud, how we've actually threatened a multi-trillion dollar media empire. One guy, Tucker Carlson and a few others came out and said, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. I'm going to do it the other way. Same in the medical field. A small group of doctors turned into now thousands, turned into now hundreds of thousands around the world calling out these jabs and calling out this technocracy. It's, it's happening everywhere. So that's the best I got for you guys today. I hope it helped. Don't lose hope. Learn to spot the trends. Don't become a person of the crowd. Become a person that's a part of a true community, a true fellowship, but not the mindless raving crowd. That's, that's what they want you to be in. And uh, if you don't know what else to work on, work on yourself. Because the better you can make yourself, that gets contagious and even that helps. Even your energy can help change things. And then we got to get more technical on the political stuff. I'll be bringing some more guests on. I got some really good guys coming up soon. I'm just trying to book everybody in that I think have some good solutions on the political, on the social, on the individual, on the health, on this. I'm going to try to bring them in and keep it very solution oriented because that's what it needs to be. Everybody kind of knows what's going on right now uh, for the most part, especially in our communities. We just got to keep, uh, keep, keep up the fight, never give up and keep speaking the truth. It's doing great work. You're making great progress. It is working. The things we've been doing, it's not perfect. It could get better, but it's already been effective. And you can tell by the way the media is squealing, by the way these guys are reeling, by the way they're pushing more draconian legislation in, that's a sign that they're afraid. And what are they afraid of? They're afraid of the truth. So let's just keep putting it out there, shall we? Thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Go support over on Brighteon. Uh, keep helping get Cult of the Medics out there. I think it's a good tool. Uh, keep supporting this show. If you find value, please share it. Please subscribe. Let your friends know about it. 
Um, go also check out unslave.com, our premium podcast. We've been knocking out some really, really interesting stuff. We've actually been doing a series of late exposing masonry, getting into the that conversation. And I've been really enjoying it. We just did uh, an interesting talk with Michael about some of his own personal experiences. And we're doing one coming up called the Princes of Light, where we're really going to pull the lid off it and expose it for what it is. Um, and so, yeah, go check that out at unslave.com. And other than that, guys, stay well, stay fit, stay healthy, get your kids in some martial art training, you know, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Have a good one. Cheers.